What's up? Welcome back to another edition of Major League Talk. I'm your host, J.D. Johnstone. Alongside me always is the side-slinging reverend himself, Austin Matsoff. What's going on, Aust? What's up, J.D.? Uh, we got the Houdini back, Dean Kanganis. What's going on, Dean? Uh, it's three in a Shut up. Three in a row. We call that a winning streak. Yep, we hope for more. And finally, uh, Jimbo is back. Jimbo. What's popping? What's going on, boys? Back in it. All right. I was gone for a couple weeks. It's all good. We're here now. That's what matters. Hi. That is all that matters. Episode 13, the Alex Rodriguez edition. Uh, lucky 13. Um, so basically, this is going to be our analytical podcast and... Uh, Basically, the question is going to be, are analytics ruining the game of baseball? Before, before we get into that, we're just going to go over a quick, couple quick things that happened in baseball uh, past week. Um, Jordan Hicks has been diagnosed, going to undergo uh, Tommy John surgery, and he's going to be out for at least 12 to 13 months. I hate my life. Did you guys see the video? Did I hate my life. the video of him coming out? I knew something was wrong right away because he I love disgust Jordan on his face. Jordan Hicks is my second favorite pitcher in the entire world and like you hate to see it who's your first bauer yeah acceptable answer continue yeah there you go but i mean just it's tough especially for the um cardinals with their bullpen i mean they needed everything out of his arm that they don't have anymore it's tough yeah him getting hurt is huge for everyone else in that division well, they weren't even in first place, right? The Cubs were, and the Brewers were in front of them. Yeah. The Pirates might have even been in front of them last time I saw. No, uh, the Pirates are by uh, the Cardinals are two and a half games out, but but I mean, you're chasing the Brewers and the Cubs, and when you when you lose an anchor like that, you're going to struggle making up those games. You know, they they don't win on the road. That's a problem. Um, and and realistically speaking, are they going to catch the Cubs or the Brewers? I don't see it happening, and I especially don't see it happening now. Uh, and especially the amount of the amount of endings and you know quality quality endings they're getting out of him. I mean that's a big loss for the back end of the bullpen. Obviously, I mean he's he was he's been dominant. Um, he was he was okay his last couple of appearances. Um, but the you know it's tough. I mean yeah he has a whip under one. I mean three point one four ERA which was kind of surprising. I I was expecting a little bit more honestly or a little bit lower honestly, but. I didn't really pay that much attention to him, except just the highlights of him throwing gas. But yeah, it's definitely going to suck. I, I always in, in loved watching uh, his two seams and his sinkers and his sliders on Pitching Ninja. So yeah, but we uh, wish him best of luck in recovery. Uh, Kendrick Morales was DFA'd by the New York Yankees. Uh, thank God. I don't think they need him because Edwin Encarnacion is obviously there. He went on the I.O. with a calf strain, but now he's good. Now He's gone. I'm sure you're happy about this, Dean. I am happy about this, but let's pop champagne for the next one. Who's the next one, Jamie? Uh, come on, tell me, James, James Dean. Who is it? Jonathan Holder has been Woo! sent to the Sun, and he is gone forever. He's been optioned to AAA. I kind of just wish they DFA'd him too. But you know what? It's something. He's so bad. I'm not gonna get into it again. Like, but he he just sucked. He's so bad. Uh, let, me, I, it, let me get into it real quick. Let's let's analyze why someone gets sent down in his last six appearances before being sent down 
This dude threw five and one-third innings, gave up 13 hits, 13 earned runs, and five bombs. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get demoted, that's how you do it. Write it down. Like, J.D., I think you said it. like, Like, it's his job to be good, and he's not good at his job. He sucks. It's horrible. He's horrible. How about the fact um, your big swinging uh, left fielder is on the IL again? Well, I yeah, mean, Giancarlo he, Stanton just finds ways to get hurt at this point. I, I, like, how 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 do you make three hundred million dollars and no one teaches you how to slide? I don't understand. It was the same way in Miami. Yeah, I don't think I think his MVP year is his first full season in the MLB. He was hurt every single season with, like, big injuries. Well, 162 games. I don't care if you miss 20. But it's starting to get a little ridiculous. Yeah, what is he? He's played, like, what, eight games this whole year, maybe? I think he's got 25 at-bats, maybe. Yeah, he's got, like he's got seven or eight five. games and 25 at-bats, yeah. Yeah, and he, it looked like he was starting to hit the ball good, too. He hit a double was it maybe four days ago down the line? I mean, it's hard contact. He hit a home run the other day, obviously. And then was it a triple or was it a base hit and he was running around the bases where he got hurt? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't see the play. Uh, all I saw was the, the clip of the slide. Yeah, he was just sliding into third base. And it just looked like when he was sliding down, he just banged his knee right into the ground, it kind of looked like, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. even really a slide. It was more like he got shot. Yeah, and he just... <laughs> They just fell on the ground. But an MRI did come out today, and uh, there's nothing wrong, no injury, they said. But Giancarlo Stanton says that it is stiff, and it, it kind of is uncomfortable. Uh, so they said they'll see how that plays out. But they, as of now, they don't think he'll go on the IL, but never know, uh, Aaron Boone said. Uh, the Orioles finally uh, signed their first rounder, the first pick of the 2019 MLB draft, Adley Rutschman, uh, Rutschman $8.1 million dollars. Passed Garrett Cole's record by the Pirates back in 2011 with. And he months. deserved he deserved every penny of it. Yeah, eight point one million dollars means that you pitched this year. Like I don't even like they're 22 and 57. Throw the kid. He's a catcher. <laughs> Catch the kid. <laughs> Bro, four eleven, five seventy five, and one thirteen. The kid's not bad. Let me tell you. Well, you know who he reminds me of so much, too? Don't say it. But you already probably know who I'm going to say. He does remind me of Buster Posey, though. Oh, my God. He Bro, does. It's the same one, body. I heard it's one the same body. announcer say that during the Golden Spikes thing or the or the or in the regionals. I was going to blow my head off. All you heard is, oh, very, very similar to Buster Posey. Very similar to Buster Posey. Same makeup as Buster Posey. Okay. Oh, or suppose you didn't need 17 bombs with a 1300 OPS. Okay. How shocked are you that Michigan like didn't they like whoop Vandy? Okay, and then Mandy, Dean Mandy. put a curse on them last podcast. Dude, it's one to one right now, JD. It all comes down in the night. The, okay? the curse. The curse was was reversed last night. <laughs> it just won. Kuma Rocker shoved it down their throats. That that game first is all, game three tonight. Kuma yes. Rocker is playing the wrong sport. <laughs> That, that, guy, that, that guy is a star, that guy is a starting tight end on fifteen NFL teams. His dad played football. Yeah, he wanted him to play football. Like, uh, just, I, 
He was like that last year too in high school. Like, yeah. imagine that kid pitching against you last year. When yeah, no. I mean, I'm it. crazy, crazy. Yeah, but when do you think we see Adley in the MLB? Is it going to be a while, or is it going to be soon? You think three yeah. weeks. <laughs> three weeks should be three weeks. Not going to be. What, what does it matter? Uh, MLB service. What a waste of time. They're going to do nothing in the next like four years. What's the point of drafting him? Whatever, JD. Unless you go out and give him some eight year extension, which I highly doubt they do because it's a lot of money investing in one guy. But why would you bring him up this early? I was saying, honestly, I thought like at least least two years. Well, why why not? Like, it it, it just like there's like. I, I can see the, the side of like, hey, you know, you know, we're we're a five hundred ball club. There's no reason to rush it, whatever. There's there's no cons to this. He's not gonna make them any worse. They're awful. I mean, he was also just swinging a metal bat. Now he's gonna go to wood. Stop. Yeah, now he's yeah, in, you're now right. he's in no now right, he's JD. in the minors. You're right, JD. Now he's right, JD. no now he's seventeen bombs. Now he's gonna be going in the minors, probably starting at rookie ball. With a whole bunch of t- uh, top caliber aces that were once in college, and now they're all the circle's just getting smaller. You don't think that that's gonna like affect him not hitting four eleven? I'm not taking anything away from him, Mike. Okay, I'm not saying he's a first round draft pick. I, th- I think he is. Four eleven is good. the greatest season of all time. Okay, you take away. I'm not, s- I'm not taking anything away from him, but you don't think that when he gets in the minors that that's gonna affect him a little bit, like. Circle got smaller. Yeah, it him a little bit, but I give players. it I give it three full weeks before he's right back where he was. Right back where he was, as like he's hitting four eleven, or he's no. playing for the Baltimore Orioles. That was the original question. No, 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 no. no. Hey, Austin wins. Austin wins. You know who that is? Uh, yeah. Who is it? I I don't know why that name sounds so familiar. Austin, yeah, he's the backup catcher for the Orioles. Okay. Uh, the guy's batting 203. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's 28 years old. Pedro Severino is, is hitting 273, eight bombs, 22 RBIs with the Orioles. Career 220 um, average in the pros. He's got four years of experience. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. They're still playing Chris Davis. Which is the worst contract of all time, maybe outside of Bobby Bonilla. I mean, like... The the idea that they that they that they can't or that it's a terrible idea is flawed. There's definitely an argument to keep him down for the financial aspect. They're losing a service year, but I mean at the same time, like, it, what is it going to hurt? I don't know. I would say I I kind of think Jacoby Ellsbury might be the worst signing of all time. It's up there. <laughs> It's definitely up there, but I mean, you can't go wrong. But I, I think Ellsbury is a little bit more worse than Davis. I mean, at least Davis is, can play. But he can't. <laughs> I but mean, he can't. At, at least he's somewhat healthy. You'd almost rather have him on the DL or IL. <laughs> true. True. Then you'd have an excuse not to play. I mean, a sack of potatoes is a better better investment right now than he is. Um. He's six for 39 in June. I think I could hit six for 39 in June. (laughs) (laughs) 
Did you guys see what they were on pace for? Who? They already have it, the Los Angeles Dodgers just got to fifty ones. I think they have like fifty four now or something like that. And by the way, did you guys see three walk offs in a row? That was insane. But Home was... runs too, not just walk offs from, from from rookies. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. they're all that, that was history. Yeah, I didn't really care that much when it was two nights in a row. I was like, oh, that's cool. But three, that was pretty cool. Uh, I stand by my previous statistic from last podcast. They are they are thirty three and nine at home, or I'm sorry, thirty four and nine at home. They are on pace to shatter home records. I need to double check it, but it's sickening. Let Let's give a big shout out to the girl that rushed the field just to just to hug Bellinger. She's how not- about the one the next night? Yeah, I mean both of those girls are are. Our, uh, our JD with sports smoke shows. You know, I'm, I'm fully copying Barstool smoke shows. These are JD with sports smoke shows. And I didn't even see their faces, but, but they're, they're tens. <laughs> Valid. I'll, I'll, and, I'll put my stamp on that. And, and my problem with that is Bellinger says it could be dangerous. Like, bro, stop it. Stop it. Uh, no, no, no. I, I kind of agree with that, though. You, you want some stranger full sprinting at you? First, okay, yeah, I'm sure a 19-year-old that weighs 105 pounds is really, really intimidating to Chris Bellinger. Cody. Cody. Chris. Cody. Cody, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. But, like, <laughs> I, was, about, I, was I, like, I, I understand both of your things, but, like, just imagine if there was a 250-pound man Full sprinting at you. You don't think you'd be like, my life is in danger? Why, why would a 250-pound man be running after Bellinger at his home park? Pride Month. I could tell you who would. Everybody at UCLA. Every single girl at UCLA. Like, is he married? Because he shouldn't be. <laughs> I don't think so. He's, he's, like, what? he's like 24. Yeah, ble- bless him. Honestly, ble- man. But to compare the two, do you see anybody running on the field to hug Chris Davis? Which one? Orioles or Athletics? Oh, piss off. <laughs> you know who I mean, one, one is really good. <laughs> like, you know who we're talking I hate you. Chris Davis makes $20 million a year. I'm sure someone wants to hug him, but nobody in Baltimore. <laughs> I wouldn't want... <laughs> Like, imagine being his dad after every game he didn't get a hit. Like, what do you say? <laughs> like, hey, bud, go back out there and keep trying. Like, I nice mean, they're, game. They're paying you more than most of the rest of the team, and you are producing squat. How many like, bats did he go without a hit? 47, 48. 47. He went like 100. It was more than, it was more than that. No way. Like 190, game, or 190 days in a calendar year. Yeah, yeah, it was way more than that. I like, that's that. sick. Yeah, I mean, it's it, don't get me wrong. He's breaking records. It's in the record books. Sorry, JD. Continue. The highlight of the Orioles season right there. Wait, Bellinger hold on. Does, Bellinger right, does not so, have a wife. So he, Update. He has 168 at-bats. He has five home runs. That's what That was my question. I didn't even know if he had a home run this year. He has 28 hits in those 168 at-bats. He's batting 167 with a 251 on base percentage and an OPS of 537. That's horrible. Yeah. The OPS gets me. 
don't you look up his contract too if you want to throw up on your screen? He has JD. I don't know how you're breaking your argument that <laughs> that Ellsbury had a worse contract. This is the worst thing ever. <laughs> the worst thing ever. Oh my gosh, he still has three more years. He's three more years, and forty-two of it is deferred. He has $42 million deferred to 32 and to 37. That's he's crazy. He's $23 million each year for the next three years. And he's only 33. I thought he was like 36. Jeez. He gets paid $140,000 a game to go 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. I could do that. I'll, I'll tell you something. A lot of people could do that. A hundred and forty thousand dollars to hit a buck sixty-eight. That's awesome. And you can't bench him. Go ahead and bench that guy. He's making more money than your entire rookie, your entire rookie short seasons and single A team make in a year. Yeah, but he's also the face of the franchise. I don't think you can Stop. really send him down. Stop. JD. JD. No, I, I'm not. JD. I'm not. I'm not. No, like, everybody you hates gotta it. understand from a business standpoint. He's the for the he's, Orioles. He's the guy. He's the face you put on your season tickets. Stop. <laughs> Who are you? Who's on it? Mancini. Oh my gosh! I bet you still putting ones with Machado. You usually have two. Okay, well, it's. I'll tell you what. It's not Chris Davis. I'll put Villar on there instead. <laughs> Right, it's going to be sick. Adley Rutchison in about a week. Like, come on. <laughs> I don't know. We're getting way too deep into this. This could go on and on. But before Buck we uh, start the Buckshaw Walter. Make it Buckshaw Walter. Who <laughs> I heard he was coming on yes. He was going to be a Yankee. Uh, I bet they're uh, putting Cal Ripken on it. 20 years later. He should be a coach for them. I don't know why. He should be like... Not the manager, but he should just be like an assistant that's just there for home games or something. Yeah, like Barry Bonds. Look what he did. Yeah. Sorry. No need to talk about that. Uh, so basically a question of the podcast, like we were saying before, are, are analytics ruining the game of baseball? Uh, before we go into this uh, whole rundown, I wanted to get a preview, like not a preview, uh, everybody's opinion first before we uh, dive down into this. My opinion, I don't want to be the guy that's in the middle, but... I think it is ruining baseball. I don't think it would ruin baseball if it hasn't taken like the amount that it has. Like, it, like people are taking it way too seriously. I think if it was just laid back a little bit, I think it really wouldn't. It really wouldn't be ruining it as much. But the amount of effort that has gone into it with hiring analytical teams and stuff like that, I think it is ruining baseball. Okay, they just took wait, a chill wait, pill. Define define what? analytics for you. Is it like statistically what this hitter is going to do at this pitch? Or is it like rap soto? We're about we're about track. to go into that. We're about okay, to no, go no. into what, that. No, but Hold what that. what spin what is your... tracking? Bunts. You don't see bunts anymore. Stealing, hit and run, shifts, launch angle, bullpen use, no, openers, I no starters going. Long. Is it ruining the game? No, it's not. All right, that's your opinion, Dean. What's you? I think valuable data enhances the game. I think the analytics behind certain aspects is a hundred percent ruining the game. So, like, I, like how, how do I define valuable data? Okay, well, if I know that, um, and we'll talk about it in a minute, but, you know, if I know that a guy is, is, is hitting a ball 77% of the time to the right side of the field, 
You know what I mean? That's, that's valuable data. You know, if, if I know that, that, you know, judge hits 97% fastballs for a home run, and that's just an exaggerated number. That's not a fact. I'm just saying like, let's say judge hits 97% of his home runs are off fastballs. Okay. Well then what am I going to throw him? Like that's valuable data. But do I think the analytics are, 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 are ruining the game to a point where it's, it's like, they always said baseball's a chess match. Um, now it's like evolving into a Rubik's cube where it's, you know, only certain people have it figured out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with everything that, that is being talked about. Like launch angle to me is an irrelevant statistic, but we can get into both sides of why it's important. However, to train and and I'm not even talking about the, look, I'll, I'll, I'll hold and and I'll wait to get to, to specific topics. My short answer, valuable data is not ruining the game analytics on the field that that is being blown out of proportion is ruining the game austin austin's yeah, mic agree with that uh it's just like it's like there are times where it's like it's boring to see like i don't i'm not a huge fan of like big shifts and anything like that like it, it just it's boring wait, wait, it's, it's yes or no yes or no are you a fan or not we we'll no. get into it. No? No. All right. JD, what's the All first right. point? And I We're going to get into bunts real quick. Bunts? This goes for sacrifice bunting, uh, just drag bunting. But mostly I kind of wanted to get in a little bit of squeeze, uh, a squeeze bunt. Or, uh, yeah, suicide squeeze. You don't really see that a lot in baseball games anymore. Suicide I mean, squeeze? you used to see it. You don't – when – okay. In, okay. All right. I need a specific time and when you saw – frequencies of suicide bunch jd i have never watching live baseball seen somebody suicide bunt to win a game in the ninth inning with a winning run on third base with one out you've never seen that before in baseball with one out you know what you do with all the launch angle stuff jd you hit a pop fly somewhere and that's why we're having this discussion that's why we're having this discussion on how analytics have changed the game it is so much the the percentage of success of just hitting a pop fly somewhere and allowing somebody to score is way it's a lot lower than just sticking your bat out and just hitting it somewhere. A suicide squeeze, JD. There's so just many don't things hit it back that go to the pitcher. in the space of time between and get you, it on the ground. Between you sending the winning run of a baseball game from third base to home, that 90 feet where you're literally putting all your hands in the fact that your hitter is going to be able to make contact with a pitch that has, he has no idea where it's going, is is just illogical hitting a pop fly and allowing somebody to use their speed to run that 90 feet where the only factor of the success is how as how fast he is and how good of the arm the outfielder has the 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 statement that that is a worse idea than trying to suicide bunt somebody home is just illogical but but okay but if you're paying if you're paying someone 20 million dollars they should be able to get a bunt down whenever they want. If you're paying them $20 million, you expect them to not be in the situation. If you're paying them $20 million, you're expecting them to hit a ball into the stratosphere, okay? And if he doesn't do that okay. and he gets Popeye to left field, the same thing is accomplished. I, th- I think, I think you, you, can, you can debate this in, in many different ways. I think we can, we can generalize the debate in the sense of small ball is on its way out, if not already out. Small ball, including hit and runs, stolen bases, bunt for base hits, sacrifice bunts, safety squeezes. At the college level, you see it more. But when you get to the pros, the idea of small ball has 
has gone away. You rarely see sacrifice bunts in a playoff situation in a in a in a two one ball game, man on first with no outs in the seventh inning. You rarely see it nowadays. So I think I think I think we need to generalize this and say, is small ball dead? In my opinion, yes. I don't know. I'll let Austin touch on it um, in a bit, but I think that it's the specialization, not necessarily specialization, but the ability of development coming up. Like the reason you see a bunch of small ball in college is because you're not, you don't have a guy that's going to hit a ball a quarter mile or a guy that's going to hit a 110 exit velo line drive into the power alley. You, like, you just don't have that. So that's why I think it's a lot more um, prevalent, obviously, in high school and college. But then when you get to the majors, everybody can do that. Everybody's hitting a ball a thousand miles an hour, and it's and it's just it's 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 just not the same game at that point. So at that point, you know, yeah, you could pay somebody to put down a bunt and run ninety feet as hard as you can, super fast, and have that guy that runs a six three. But now you're seeing guys that run a six three, and oh, they had you know a thousand OPS or not a thousand OPS, but like an eight hundred OPS. People that spray baseballs, like pure slugging numbers. Yeah, and, and but I I see that point. But to 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 combat your point, those guys get paid to do a job, right? Regardless what that job is, the manager's job is to win ball games. So if you're if so if an organization is paying a manager four or five million dollars, four or five million bucks to win a ball game. Why aren't managers doing everything that they possibly can to win a ball game, no matter how pretty it is? Exactly. Well, then at that point, you gotta, you gotta, you know, change how you. I don't want to say draft, but change how you draft or well, pay I, players. Like if you're paying, if you're paying um, somebody, you know, ten million dollars a year to go win ball games, you know, they're gonna do it how they do it. Whether that be with bunts or with doubles, but it's the front office's job then to pay the person that's going to put down the bunt, not necessarily the person that puts down the bunt the best, not necessarily the guy that puts hits the double the best. I just I, I look at so let's let's crunch some of these numbers first, right? So, um, and and these are all of from 2018 because 2019 sample size is too small in my opinion, right? But. If I analyze these numbers, right, and, and, and let me let me let me back up, right. Let's let, let's focus on sacrifice bunting. Okay, let's just let's just focus on on sack bunting right now. Okay, keep in mind you have you have what fifteen NL teams. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you have fifteen National League teams, which means that on average, on average, on any given night, a pitcher is getting two at bats. Let's just lowball it, right? Mm-hmm. So, thirty at bats a night from NL pitchers. There's one hundred and sixty-two, hundred and sixty-two games, right? That's forty-eight hundred at bats from pitchers, and they're not even bunning. So when I look at the bunts, that should be an argument for the uh, DH. Well, I I agree with you, but but the, the, this is what we're dealing with at the moment. So now I'm sitting here looking at at bunts per year from 2014 and 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 down. 14 was 1343. 2015 was 1200. 
2016 was 1,025. 2017 was 925. 2018, I think, was around 850. 2019's probably on pace for less than 800. So less than 800 at less than 800 sacrifice bunts for for a league that has pitchers bat 4,800 times a year. Yep. So are so so are you just telling me that that now now we're teaching our pitchers how to hit too? So so if there's a guy on 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 second base with less than two outs, we're now teaching our our pitchers to what? The, like they have barrel control to hit a ball to second base. Like don't get me wrong, pitchers I'm sure were great hitters at one point in their life, but facing seventy eight to eighty one. You know what I mean? So when it comes to the sack bun aspect of it, it has completely declined to the point where now that's not relevant because we can roll into no, our no, next- I I agree with that with that with that statement um 100% the fact that hey you you're a guy on second base, you know, um a situation where you need to move a runner and your pitcher's up, you're going to bunt 100% of the time or at least you should unless you're hitting some absolute stud like Zach Greinke last night you saw that. But I'm saying in the bottom of the ninth with your with your five hole up and your two hole on third base, are you going to suicide bunt him in? Which I think was J, which was I think what JD was trying to say, which I I think is dumb. Hold on, let me correct myself real quick. I don't know. I just like pitchers who rake. I mean, I saw Max Scherzer rope a ball to left field last night, and it was pretty, it's pretty nice. Hold on, Jedi. I need to I need to correct myself. The statistics that I gave were were mm-hmm. not bunting statistics. They were actually pitch outs. Okay, so. Um, Wait, hold on, what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, dude. You have to understand. We have, we have, we have our sources. Hold on, yeah. I, I, I'm, I like. It, it's first of all, it's really difficult to like to read these numbers in the heat of the moment when you're just like when you're so heated about this, right? But yeah, the number, but but the number of pitch. No, it wasn't the number of pitch outs. Okay, it was, it was, it was sack bunts. My apologies. It was sack bunts. I was looking at pitch outs when I originally wanted to discuss it because then we're we're tying in a whole bunch of stuff, right? What are we tying? Yeah, this, yeah okay. we're, we're tying it into just advancing runners. Okay, that's, that's really what it boils down to. So when you look at sack bunts, pitch outs, stolen bases, right? When you look at pitch outs from 2014, 335 to 257. 2016 was 194. 2017 was a buck 29. 2018 was on pace for 75, and I think it finished at like 78. Okay, that's pitch outs. And if you and if if you think about it, 162 games a year, and 30 teams is 48, 4,860 games played. And 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 you've pitched out 80, 78 times. I mean, What's that your take be... on this, Austin? Jimmy, you can go. You were going to say something. That's 2%. I, okay, but that's arguing the other side of the coin. The, the, the not letting people advance. Okay, so, so if what... I'm not mistaken, the caught stealing percentage of the MLB is, 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 is rising. So whether you can, you can put that down to analytics and understanding when people are going to go at what time... 
That's an argument for analytics. Because that's an inverse correlation. If 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 people are pitching out less, then that means they know that when guys are running more. Right. And, but, the, but that's val- that's valuable data. I'm okay with that. Okay. All right. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the pitch outs decreasing because at the end of the day, if a guy's a, a one a one two to the plate and the catcher's got a one eight pop time, you know there, there, there's a few guys in the league that can swipe. Like Billy Hamilton can swipe that whenever he wants, but but those guys are in a minute percentage. I'm okay with analytical data that is valuable. I feel like that data is valuable. Like hey, this guy runs seventy nine percent of the time on a two one count. You know what I mean? Like that. That's yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah, I'm good with that. My problem is when I start looking at, at, the, at the sack bunts and the hit and runs and the stolen bases, like I'll look at the stole, I, I looked at the stolen bases last night in the MLB right now. Okay? In the MLB right now, the leader in stolen bases this year, 78 stolen bases so far, is the Kansas City Royals. The Kansas City Royals are 28 and 52. The Texas Rangers have 65 stolen bases. They're 43 and 36. The Cleveland Indians have 56 stolen bases. They're 43 and 36. The Seattle Mariners have 55 stolen bases. They're 36 and 47. So what I'm getting at is one team who, who does it, does it effectively. The next team doesn't do it effectively. So then I decided let's go one step further. Right. Let's look at team batting average. Okay. With the teams that I've named, their team batting average is in the bottom 15, except for Texas, who's at 257. Except so that, for who? So those are, those are organizations that are understanding that they don't have necessarily the hitting power to advance guys with doubles, so they're stealing them. So, but and but that's what I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand of like, do these managers know? That, that they don't have these guys. That's why they're kind of trying to resort to small ball. Are these managers just, are they old school where they believe in, in small ball? You know what I mean? Like, I, like the, is there a direct correlation to Minnesota batting 271 as a team and leading the league in home runs and them having 51 wins? I'm sure there is. But Seattle has 144 home runs this year. And is hitting 246 as a team and is 11 games under 500. But I mean, then you get into the argument that, you know, what's more important to a team, a low whip for a pitcher or a high batting average? Okay. So that, yeah. So then, but, but then I, I went one step further of like, okay, let's analyze this data of the team ERAs. So the Yanks have a 405 team, team ERA. They're, they're 23 games over 500. The Minnesota Twins are 24 games over 500. They have a 3.97 ERA. All right? The Houston Astros are 50 and 30. They have a 3.72 ERA. Uh, and then you go to the National League. The Braves are in first over there, 14 games over 500. They have a 4.28 ERA. The Cubs and the Brewers, um, they're one game apart, but but the ERAs are 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 completely like different sides of the spectrum. The Cubs ERA is a 3.88, Milwaukee's is a 4.7, and the Dodgers, who of course are one of the best teams in baseball, have a 3.22 ERA. Tampa leads the league in ERA with a 3.2, 
they're 11 games over 500. If the Yankees weren't having the year that they were having, they'd arguably be in first place. So, you know, do, do these numbers line up to me? I believe. I some I, f- I forget who it was, but they made an argument. I believe it was on the Start Nine podcast, where it's more important for pitchers to have a lower WHIP than it is for teams to have a higher batting average. Because at the end of the day, winning baseball games is about scoring runs, and the only way to get people to score runs is to get them on base. So you have a pitcher with low walks and hits per inning pitched, they're going to have a way less amount of people on base, which is going to allow for way less people to be able to drive them in. So at the end of the day, it's about how. How many people can you keep off base rather than how many people can you score? Well, I, I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. I think, I think the whip is the most underrated statistic in baseball. Because if, if, if you're not getting if, – if opposing teams aren't getting people on base, we're not having the discussion of whether or not we're going to bunt them over. If we're down 6 nothing, there's no reason to bunt them over. So it doesn't surprise me – and maybe this is the discussion about – about how, how unbalanced the league has become because you have 15 teams that are, or you have 12 teams that are pretty good. You got about six teams that are floating around 500, and then you got about 10 or 15 teams, or 10 or 12 teams that are just flat out bad. So maybe the game's out of reach by the time anyone does want to lay down a sack bunt. Maybe because scoring one run in the fifth inning doesn't mean anything anymore. You know, that, that's, that's my idea of, 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 the, of valuable data. You know, like we can use all the data that we've just discussed to be able to come up with trends. Trends, trends is valuable data in my opinion, right? You but, can see the teams, you see the teams that are, are investing heavily in analytics are trending towards that better side of the league. Um, for, for example, the Astros and the Dodgers both have very large analytical departments, and you can see that directly correlate to their, their success in the past couple of years. And look, JD, let me let me clarify where where my thought really came from. I was watching Moneyball the other day, you know, and and when I'm sitting there and they're replacing, and that movie is very flawed. And I know this is a complete sidebar, but this movie is very flawed because they lost Giambi, Damon, and and uh, um, Isringhausen. Isringhausen. Yeah, well, what, it was Isringhausen. Yeah. Okay, so they lost Giambi, Damon, and Isringhausen, right? And everyone talks about how they got to replace this and this, that, whatever, right? And, and they don't talk about how they still had Mulder, Hudson, Zito, Chavez, a young Eric Burns, Jermaine I. Hernandez. Yeah, I, I, I mean, dude, the, the list goes on. You Carlos Pena. Carlos Pena, Tejada. You know what I mean? Like, that team wasn't, wasn't a joke type of team. That team was still very complete. Okay, so they lost their closer. I get it. You know, in the early 2000s, the closer was a, was a massive role to your team, and it still is. But you see nowadays that your bullpen can carry you for four, you know, three or four innings, and, and you can get away with winning ballgames. You see managers pitching backwards nowadays. Um, so I think the idea of, of money ball statistics is really what hit me is, is you got guys that, that have degrees from Yale in advanced economics and stuff like that who are, who are, who are paid to break down numbers um, through algorithms and, and, and to be able to punch out a number that they find beneficial to their ball club. But at the end of the day, these guys have never been in a major league clubhouse. But at the same time, they're, they're producing the information to allow a team to win a baseball game. And that's the most important thing is winning the game. And if they're telling you you got to do this, this, and this at this time 
and this is what the opposing team's going to do, and you're going to win the game if you do that. Then I feel like that's vital information that you that you want to have. But we are talking about baseball here. No, you're talking about winning games. Baseball is about winning games. Right, but we're talking about probably the most unpredictable sport, other than uh, other than hockey because it's played on ice. We're talking about a complete unpredictable sport, right? If that pitch isn't thrown in that spot, where does the ball go? Like you can't, you, you can build projections based on on hot zones and cold zones and and and, and whatever, right? But you can't project where a guy is going to throw it. You can't project if he's going to, if, if there's but, an open. But you can project the, you know, the probability of success of a bunt in the third inning with one guy out. You can, well, I, you can project the probability of a suicide squeeze, you know, of successfully working, which was the original argument. But you could also project that the probability of a guy hitting a fly ball and him tagging up and scoring is way better than sacrificing, than having that potential suicide not work out. So for the original argument, you know, it's 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 up in the air. I don't know. I, look, wow. I I think I think we go. I think we flirt with agreeing and disagreeing on the fact that valuable data is important. Like I, I let let me make that clear. I I am a hundred percent on board with valuable data being used in ball games. However, the 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 stuff that I think bothers me the most are the shifts, are the launch angles. The exit velocity, it, to be honest with you, is a, is, a, is a fan's number at best. You know what I mean? Like, yes, there is a percentage. Of, I, think, I think the statistic I saw was guys that hit a ball 105 miles an hour or higher bat 636. Like, yes, that's a valuable number to know. However, no shit. The harder you hit the baseball, the better. Like that, it doesn't take exactly. A- so I mean, that, I mean that that trickles down to training for for minor league players and teams. Like teach a kid to hit a ball really hard, he's gonna be really good. Just like the other day, for example, Michael Chavez, he hit a or Michael whatever, he hit a ball forty. His his launch angle is forty three degrees, which is which is which is a pop fly for everybody in the league, but he hit the ball one hundred five miles an hour. So it was a home run. So the right. key argument is just hit the ball really hard. And you're right. gonna do just fine. Okay, so then so then what about the what about the discussion of the people who say, well, we want this this launch angle every swing? That's inherently a flawed argument because you can't promise the guy's gonna have a twenty six degree launch angle at every time. No, but you it's can train dumb. guys. You can train guys to launch a baseball. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, that's all from, you know, to, to get that high launch angle for a while, pitchers were all aiming down in the zone induced ground balls because that was the path angle at the time. Now that the path angle shifted up, those balls down in the dirt, those balls in the lower half of the strike zone are getting hammered a quarter mile from guys with high launch angles. So that's why I see, I think you see the game shifting to these high spin rates, high spin rate fastball guys living up in the zone causing a lot more problems for guys that try to launch baseballs with high angles. And I see the game's going to come back down to the original time when it was, you know, low, low spin rates and low pitches. It's a lot harder for people to hit. So I think the game is, is shifting back towards that with these high spin rate guys living high in the zone. And once batters adjust to having that kind of situation happen, I think the game's going to shift back to when it was, it was low in the zone and lower exit, not sorry, lower exit velocities, lower launch angles. 
but but wow. all but all but all all signs show that because of the launch angle, that is probably why the MLB strikeout rate has increased. You know, and, and exactly and, because of pitchers living high in the zone, they're right. adapting, and hitters need. And once hitters adapt to that situation, it's going to go back to where it was previously. Uh, but but I mean, like after 2018, it floated around a, a 23% MLB strikeout rate. Okay, the the MLB walk rate floated around nine or 10 percent, which means that the percentage of balls put in play at the end of an at-bat, has decreased from 71% to about 67% in the last five years. So you're looking at a game that, that has evolved of you're either, you're either getting on base one way, shape, or form, or two-thirds of the time you're striking out. So if, 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 that's, the, if that's the mindset, if that's the mindset of 67% of these guys are striking out, then why not sack bunt? Yeah, that's about it. That's that, and that's the valuable data that I'm talking about. That I don't know if we're like I don't know if these teams are are, are looking at the trends. I'm sure they are, but as a manager, how can you look and be like, okay, I need a productive out. Every out should be productive, and kids are just okay with striking out nowadays because they get to see the. The, the major league players strike out 840 times over a course of three years, and they're fine with it because they hit 40 bombs because their launch angle is 35 degrees, which is why the ground ball to fly out ratio is like a 0.6. That's the part that's frustrating for me. And maybe- I, th- I think that that's touching on your argument where you said that you're, you're a fan of valuable data. Like, like for example, bringing, um, like bringing in the bullpen earlier like jd i think mentioned that you know starters aren't going as long in a game as as they were previously you don't see a lot of guys going out there for seven or more innings um and i just i feel like that that has to do with the valuable data aspect of the game saying that you know for instance we have this we have a sinker changeup guy on the mound and this guy loves balls high in the zone that you're gonna that's a favorable change that's a favorable matchup for the team on defense so I think that while I think it was JD, right? You said that you weren't a fan of how starters aren't going late in games. No, I think the bullpen usage is getting a little ridiculous. Exactly, but you that that stems from the fact that you have that that um that valuable data that Dean touched on to allow for you know teams to have favorable situations and outcomes with the hitters that they're facing. Yeah, but I also just think it's part of baseball. Like, going out and seeing a game, like, seeing a starter shove and go, like, a whole complete game. He doesn't even have to go to a complete game. Like, there's not a lot of guys left that will, that are, that's, like, one of those type of pitchers that are going to go, that you expect seven-plus innings from with 10Ks and just, like, a masterpiece. Like, who do you really expect that from anymore? It's usually, hey, let me get my five innings and three runs for a quality start out of this guy, and then let me go to my, uh, three relievers in my pen for the, for the day. It's basically what the Yankees do. And that, and that benefits a team at the end of the day because they know what they're getting out of their players, out of their pitchers, I'm sorry, and how that's going to help them in the end win the ball game. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying, is it changing the game of baseball like the original question was? Let's change the question, too. It's not ruining baseball. Is Are analytics changing the game of baseball? It's already, it's already changed baseball. 100%. 
it's, it's already changed baseball. And, and that's what, you know, like to segue in, in, into the next aspect of it, which is um, the shift, right? Like I look at guys like, you know, <laughs> you, got, you guys were pretty young for it, but there was nothing bigger in Pennsylvania than the Phillies in 2007, 2008, 2009, and 2010. There was, just, there was just nothing bigger in Pennsylvania than, than, than Phillies baseball. And the first casualty of the shift was Ryan Howard. You know, Ryan Howard went from NL MVP, hit 58 bombs in 2006, was a three-time All-Star, he's a World Series champion, and, and he, he didn't bat below 251 his entire major league career until 2012. 2012, he hit 219. 2013, he had a comeback year. He hit 266, probably a fluke. They probably got away from the shift for a little bit. But then all of a sudden, 2014, 15, and 16, 223, 229, buck 96, respectively. That just shows, okay, which, which not even to mention in 2014, struck out 190 times in 153 games. That is absolutely atrocious. But you can see that when, when, when you put the shift on, and, 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 I, and, I'm, so, and I'm so – I'm, I'm so tempted to look at both sides of the shift because I use it. As a coach, I use it. But I feel like there should be a rule on the shift that anybody from the left side of the infield can't cross second base. It would change the game a little bit for the better because you're ruining guys' careers. Am I going to— No, no, no. But, but, then, but then you're—, per, you're, you're, you're Not to interrupt, but then you're, per, you're projecting the— the notion that you're not a fan of launch angles and guys trying to hit home runs and strike out 40 times, because if you're, if you're introducing the shift in that way and you're limiting it, then people are going to be more inclined to hit, hit bombs where you can't get out from a shift. But, but that's my point is with the shift on. So, so who, who like name me a lefty that has a shift on all day, every day, Matt uh, Adams, Matt Adams. Okay, he's got a shift on every, all day, every day at any point. Are they working on hitting the ball oppo? Or are they working on, on driving the ball with the launch angle, exit velo, all that included, over the right field wall? Like, we're, we're, not, we're, we're not training guys anymore to lay down drags with nobody at third base to get on base. We're now training guys to hit the ball where they're not. Well, if I have five guys on the right side of the field, where are they not? They're probably not in the power alley, and they're probably not sitting in the fifth row. So the shift bothers me because, yes, it, it's, it's, it's awesome to see when the shift works. How many, how many countless times do you see a line drive hit to the, to, the, to the short right fielder who is the second baseman, and you're like, oh, thank God for the shift. Yeah, that, that's all well and good. But but go back to your little league days when you hit a ball fifty miles an hour because that was king shit. Was you hit a ball fifty miles an hour right to the right fielder who was playing hundred and ten feet away from you and threw you out at first base. The but, first the first reaction is I want to punch that kid in the face. But then that that but then with the the valuable data you're talking about, if you're sitting there and you know, hey. 79% of the time this guy hits a ball too short right field, you're gonna want to advantageously for your team put somebody there to get him out and and at the end of the day you know the the success of shift work of shifts working 
I think the first team to really use it a lot, obviously, was the Rays a couple years back. The the they had they had an, an absurd um, success rate with it. it was something like seventy percent. And if you can take that, where hey, I know that seventy percent of the guy, this guy's gonna hit this ball here, and we're gonna get him out. You're gonna take every advantage of that you can to win the ball game at the end of the day. So to limit that, you're saying that you want to kind of dictate where people can shift. That's exactly what I want to do. Yeah, but you like it. You can just say you can have like two more arguments saying, well, why don't you just hit the ball over the fence like Josh Donaldson says? You pay you to hit uh, long balls. You don't pay you to hit ground balls and get rinky dink hits. Or you could just say, hey, I'm paying this guy thirty million dollars a year. Don't you think he could have the talent maybe just to hit it to the opposite side of the field and not pull everything? You can make that argument too. Well, well the statement Josh Donaldson makes is, is stupid. Okay, I. If I'm if I'm an owner of a team, I pay you to get on to base. hit long ball to hit long balls. I I pay you to do whatever the hell I ask you to do. That that that's that's the truth behind it. Is I'm the owner. I have a general manager who brought you in to do a job. I have a manager whose job is to win games. And the, and the, and the problem is these guys think they're bigger than baseball. If I give you a sack bunt, it's not to. It's not to take the first pitch and blow me off. It's to get the bunt down. And, and this is okay. Prob- and completely agree with you there, but you cannot deny the fact that power hitters get paid more than any other player, 100%. excluding pitchers. A hundred percent. But but in years past, what wins championships? Pitching. Pitching. Okay. And why why is pitching? always been the number one constant because it hasn't changed it's 60 feet six inches away it hasn't changed so why change everything else if the philosophy for winning games is pitching defense and a timely hit why is this philosophy changed based on numbers because of the success rate but the success rate goes out the way the success rate for, for anything during a regular season is going to be higher. But when you get down to the nitty-gritty time in October where you gotta win, you gotta win three games, you gotta win four games, and then you gotta win another four. It always boils down to who has the better pitching. Exactly. So when that I, gets you into the And that, that better pitching the that stems part. from the fact, hey, three times three times out of the game, we're gonna shift on this guy. And he's going to hit a ground ball right to our second baseman who's playing 40 feet behind the lip. And that, in turn, helps your pitching, which then helps your hitting. I, I agree. I, I see that angle of it. I see that angle of it. I can't, I, can't, I can't disagree with that because, obviously, if you put another guy on base, things change a little bit, throws out of the stretch, ch- possibility for a pass ball. Like, I get all that. But when you look at the numbers of major league batting averages – on an OO count compared to an O2 count, it is it is night and day. OO count, they're hitting 345. O2 count, they're hitting a buck fifty-seven. Okay. So when I look at the buck fifty-seven with 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 two strikes, I always ask myself, like, why are guys content with striking out and not trying to roll a ball over? Why not try and shorten up and and, and poke a ball to left field where the third where the third baseman's vacant? Why why not adjust? to the statistics that's being brought to the table. And maybe my argument, because I don't know. 
I don't know where my I don't know where my my disagreement is right now. I don't know if it's with the analytical teams because they're just doing their jobs, or if it's the fact that that hitters are failing to adjust to these changes. That's the Dean. thing. That Dean. Yeah. I just got an alert on my phone. You know what? I want to know the statistic too. Tell me, I'll find it. What is James Paxson's ERA in the first inning? He just gave up a three-run home run to. I think it's nine and a half. Guriel, to Guriel Jr. It's like what? It's like nine. It's and probably half. higher than that. It's something ridiculous. And then all of a sudden, you know, and then you can sit there and talk about like, like what do you do before the game that you come in in the first inning and have no idea what's going on? So are you telling me to just to roll out Britain for the first and you just come throw the second? Like what? It like, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't. I don't understand how these guys are not ready to pitch from 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 pitch one. And this also isn't with the Yankees. This is my next question. Do you honestly, truly think and believe? I'm just going to use the Yankees as an example. I'm sure there's probably other teams that actually do it. I don't. I don't know. But there are rumors that inside the tunnel, right right next to the door to the clubhouse, there are like analytical nerds in Yankee Stadium that tell Aaron Boone every little thing to do, put this guy in, tell Zach Britton to throw this pitch exactly right here. And Boone is just the guy that's the face of it all that just looks like he's doing it. But he's actually having everybody telling him what to do, and he has basically no say in a lot of this stuff. Do you I, think that's true? Well, it's not the no say, because at the end of the day, he does have the last say. But if he's presented with information that is going to allow him to win a baseball game at a higher percentage, he's in, he's he's Foolish not to do that. If 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 somebody is telling him or he knows this information prior to going into the game that hey, if we're in the seventh inning and we're down by two runs and we have and they have so so and so up, I'm gonna want to put in this guy because he's the highest percentage, he's the high, he's the highest success percentage against those hitters. That's that's it would be foolish not to do that. So I don't think it's it's flawed the argument saying that analytics are ruining the game, but they are just changing the game. I, I don't know if if because the Mets front office is is accused of this too, which is like they're they're calling in game decisions, and you know I don't know, you know realistically speaking, guy guy tells Boone, hey, you know throw this pitch to this guy right now, you know he can relay that he can get that information from from his nerd, and relay it to Sanchez. He Sanchez relays it to the pitcher all within twenty seconds. I don't know if that's happening. I think they I don't have- I think I don't think that pitch by pitch is happening, but I believe general game plans are happening based around that. I Where agree. Get- yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I just don't think it's happening pitch by pitch. I think it, no. I think it I think it might in the ninth with bases loaded, maybe. You know, you get a guy to step off, get on the same page, like I could see that happening, but do I really see it happening on, on a pitch by pitch basis? No. And no. and it's and if and if it is happening, then then that's just another argument for is that ruining baseball? And and and, and Jimmy, you're you're right, right? Like, do I do I after this conversation, am I walking away sitting here thinking that that these that these analytics are ruining baseball? No, I will not go that far. I will go with I will go as far as I think the launch angle is is bad to say the least. I don't think it should be taught. 
I don't think baseball has ever changed. If you went back and asked Mickey Mantle what his launch angle was, I don't think he knew. I don't think he would know what it is. Yeah, I I don't think Hank Aaron would know. Exactly. It's just changing the game. Yeah, and and maybe they had a different verbiage for it. Maybe it was a different discussion. I don't don't know. All I'm saying is over the last three years, all all we hear is launch angle, especially this year. And, and, you know, like you you can't watch a single baseball game on television today and not hear the term launch angle. And that's what bothers me. Austin, what is your opinion on all this? Voice your opinion. Yeah, um, I completely agree. I think all the data is just, it's a little, it's a little much, I think, that people are uh, relying on it. Like Dean said, like, baseball is one of the most unpredictable sports ever. And uh, even, like, with these people saying, throw this pitch in this location, the chances of, like, like as good as these pitchers are, like, they're going to make mistakes still. So you can't rely on all like it's you can't like completely exclude human error because people are gonna do things you don't expect. People are gonna uh, miss hit a baseball somewhere. People are gonna throw a pitch in the wrong location. Like all this data is completely forgetting the fact that people playing are still people, and uh, they can't do all these things always on command. Human error is a is a massive element in everything. So I, I feel like if you start, if you start projecting these things, you, you're basing it off the the assumption that he's going to accurately do that. And at at the same time, JD, um, I remember in the argument saying that you know there aren't as many crafty guys, and they're just people that throw hard. Like very true. Duh. Like the reason you see a bunch of guys that throw that throw, for instance, sidearm like a crafty guy in college is because not everybody throws 97, okay? And when you get in the major leagues, and hey, you have a wealth of guys that throw absolute fuel, you're going to want to use that because it is really hard to hit balls that go that fast. And if, if statistically it helps you to have a guy that throws absolute cheats past guys, you're going to want to use him over the crafty guy. You just have that 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 opportunity to have somebody with a higher success rate. And real quick, are you, is anybody here not a fan of an opener? Yeah, um, I don't like it, but you yeah. can't tell somebody not to do it. Well, obviously, what like what I was like, so you don't like it? No, I don't. I don't like it. No. None. I'm not a fan of it. I, I get the idea behind it, but like yeah, I, I can 100 percent see it. I just don't like it. Awesome. Just like yeah, I'm not a big fan of shifts, but you can't like I don't know. I don't yeah, I like them, but agree with you, and Austin. You gotta you gotta deal with it. Yeah, I don't like shifts. Like I'm completely against like the excessive shifts. Like Dean said, I think they should limit it to the left side of the infield can't go past the second base back, stuff like that. But the opener, like, I don't see, I, I'm, I don't like it as much. I like to see starters start the game. Like it's entertaining to me to see them like just pitch as much as possible. But, uh, I, I see, I don't have an issue with an opener as much as the big excessive ships. Dean, 
the opener doesn't bother me. Um, at the end of the day, what is, what is what is an offensive goal? The offensive the offense's goal is to chase the starter, no matter who it is. You know, if if you're going to get a different arm, you know, every two innings, so be it. Um, I, I I don't I don't look. This is a trend that you'll see in a regular season because I think they play with entirely too many games. You know, and I I think eventually you'll see the roster increase to thirty. Because I, I think you need more arms for this, which could be the reason why, you know, you see an increase in Tommy John and, and, and stuff like that. But I, I think, uh, Jimmy, you weren't on the show where I talked about um, Tom Seaver. Okay, Tom Seaver, just to let you know, Tom Seaver threw, in his career, 231 complete games. That era of baseball is dead. Yeah. You know, you don't yeah. see that anymore. So I, I think managers have their their hands tied when it comes to just eating innings. And just I think like, just like, you know, a hundred years ago when what's his name? Won sixty games. He won sixty games, started. He threw five hundred innings. Hold on. You know that because you know that because that will be the show. What? Is that a fact? Yeah, it's in MLB the show. I the MLB wins. The MLB single it. season win leader. Oh, I gotta find it. And MLB the show, like one, when they say like they have the records there, that's one of the records. Yeah, Grover Cleveland, he's an Xbox guy. <laughs> yeah, you guys I gotta mean, play RBI baseball. Is got it? It's just changing. <laughs> I did. RBI baseball is the fake MLB the show. Just yeah, putting that out there. Obviously. What's this guy's name? Uh, Haas Radborn in 1884 won 60 games. Haas Radborn? Yeah, won 60 Just games. Just look up 60 games. Just look up 60-game winner in a single season. 60. And then the next one was 53, 52, 49, 48. Like, none of these were past your next one. Do you, guys, do you guys know, like you were talking about Tom Seaver with the complete games. Do you know... How many complete game? Who who's who's leading MLB in complete games since like I think it was two thousand seven? It's got to be Scherzer. Clayton Kershaw at twelve. You know who's in second place? Stroman. Hendricks. Jason Vargas. The 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 porn star on the Mets. <laughs> I was shocked to hear that, and I heard that on a podcast. So I'm relying on them, but it was a Barstool Sports one, so I doubt they were lying about that information. But, like, I was shocked when I heard that. Jason Vargas, that was surprising. And it surprised me more that only 12? I could have swore that, like, uh, Clayton Kershaw had way more than that. Scherzer has 10 in the last five years. Well, what is Scherzer had that big breakout year. When he won the Cy Young. Before that, he like wasn't like he was good. He wasn't like great well, like he is now. Yeah, but he went twenty one and three that year and didn't throw a complete game. Oh no, Clinton Kershaw has fifteen, not twelve. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I can sit here and, and discuss past baseball because past baseball it has changed and all that stuff. Like it it's the baseball that we've seen in the in the late nineties is different than 
than what we see now. My only thing is if you went back to the 60s and 70s and 80s and, and talked to all these guys and brought up the discussion of launch angle, they would look at you like you were crazy. You know, if you said anything about, hey, you know, we're going to shift the defense over here, their, their reaction would probably be 10 times worse than, than anyone else. So then I, I, I just, is it ruining baseball? In my opinion, I, I, don't, I don't even know. I, like, my brain is so spun right now. I just, I feel like, I feel like it's impacting the game in a negative way. And what is the percent of negativity? I don't know. It's probably very close. I'd probably say it's like 50, 51, 49. It affects in a negative way. But all these MLB hitters have said they try to beat the shift. They try, they try, they try. Pitching is better. The velocity's up. Like, I get all that. But if you're a major league hitter, you should have the barrel control to hit a ground ball to where someone is not. That's well, just that's just my. Yeah. That's basically it. And by the way, um, I was taught my mistake. Uh, not complete games, shutouts. Oh. And by the way, for those of you wondering, uh, Max Scherzer had five. So yeah, Jason Vargas still has more uh, shutouts than Max Scherzer. And uh, yeah, Sabathia is the active complete game leader. With how many? Yeah, it's shutouts. I'm pretty sure it's that third. 30 what? 38 for Sabathia. Yeah, Kershaw had 25, I just saw. And Max Scherzer had 10. Which was surprising, because I thought he had way more than that. But yeah, that basically wraps up uh, the analytical discussion. I think after all of this, we could basically say that are analytics ruining baseball? No. Is it changing baseball? Yes. Yeah. Final thoughts, Dean. Final thought. Kevin Durant declines the $31.5 million option with the Golden State Warriors. Where does he land next season? Is it Brooklyn? Does he bite the bullet and go to New York? Regardless, he's not playing next year, but very interested to see. Sunday, NBA free agency starts at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Couldn't be more excited as a Knicks fan but we're probably going to strike out. Add that to the strikeout list and the rates increasing in Major League Sports. Very well said. Thank you. <laughs> Love to see it. Final Eight. thoughts, Austin? Jimmy? Um, I don't know, man. I watched a cornhole championship last week. Electric TV. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever see that, man, yeah. If you ever see cornhole championships on the oh, guide, yeah. click it. It's great. You get hype in that. They have like their headphones in. They're yeah, it's so fun to watch. Awesome final. Uh yeah, uh, everyone subscribe to. Uh, we just got uh, verified for iTunes and Spotify, so subscribe to us on there. Uh, Rate us five stars. Yeah, give us a good rating. Uh, just keep five stars. We'll respond back to comments and anything. We'll respond. Yep. We appreciate it. Yeah. Right. That's all for this edition of Major League Talk. Uh, see you next time. See ya. Bye. Later.
the jungle